What's up, everybody? My name is Dell. I'm here with Marcus Hollinger, VP of Marketing at Reach Records. And this is a work in progress podcast. And this is our scheme to convince Andy to put out a whole bunch of records that for one reason or another haven't come out and uh, they're finally seeing the light of day. So today we're gonna talk about a record called So Far Gone Challenge that's actually out now. Y'all can listen to it right now. But we're gonna touch on some of the backstory behind the record, um, the context around like why it never came out, and then some of the themes that, uh, you know, some of the larger themes that are in the record. So talk to me about this record, bro. Like, yeah. how did it even come to life? So this, uh, I don't know if y'all remember a couple years back, there was the So Gone Challenge that was happening. Uh, it was like a social thing. It was a, um, the, the Monica joint. Monica, mm -hmm. she, you know, put out the instrumental. Everyone started rapping. So I was, um, I was scrolling through my Instagram and I seen a buddy of mine, uh, Black Keys. He's, a, you know, he's with John Bellion's camp and Beautiful Mind. And he was freestyling over that beat. And I just remember, I was like, oh man, this beat is fire. Like, I mean, it's got the flutes in it. And uh, it said so, so Gone Challenge. And so I started to figure it out. So so Far Gone? Yeah. Started to figure it out like, oh, people are just putting bars down. So I went to the studio immediately. I had like a 16 that I wrote for like something else um, that never came out. And I was like, this would be a perfect opportunity. So I recorded it in like one take. And then uh, I just put my, my little camera on and I recorded myself rapping it and I uploaded it. Like might've taken me a total of 15 minutes like top to bottom, to record everything, put it out. Next thing you know, that thing just starts picking up all kinds of momentum. Um, you know, when you look on the back end of uh, Twitter, I saw it had like 2 million impressions or something like that. So that thing was just like moving. And I just remember being blown away, like what what is happening with this thing? And it was like the least amount of effort I'd put into anything. And it was like getting the most traction online. Um, so yeah, that that verse happened, and you know we, we don't own the beat or nothing, so we never released it commercially. Mm -hmm. But um, I was like, man, I should find a way to put this out somehow. And so you know we went, we made our own beat to it, we put a hook on it, we we made it a record, and finally, you know, after so many people were like, put it online, put it on SoundCloud, put it somewhere, we found a way so people can have it in their phones and listen to it and enjoy it, you know. So what you're saying, you wrote this over a different beat? Do you remember what beat? I don't. And it was for for when you were gonna go up and and get with Sway. I believe so. I, I literally I don't even remember. You wanted to be war ready. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, because the thing with those Sway interviews is when they call, they call like a day or two before, and it's like, yo, there's a slot in the morning show. Do you want to come up? And it's like, Ugh. so you gotta always have something in the clip in the phone. So I, I had made a joke, but then it was interrupted by like the apocalypse happening out there with like 10 ambulances but the joke was like oh what you don't freestyle when you go to sway bro you ain't real <laughs> <laughs> you don't free like sometimes you said sometimes you yeah do. one of the times i went up there i played the word game with sway which was like the yo you throw out a word and right now i'll take that word and bring it to life you know so i still i can do that um i, th I kind of feel like that's a lost art form though like the act the act of freestyling yeah um, I don't know. It's alive in like some new school ways too. I know like Future goes in the studio and just kind of like, from what I've heard, is and that Young man- Young Thug too, right? Who? Young Thug too, yeah? Yeah, I, I mean, Young Thug, I, these guys put the joint on, the beat on, and it loops, and they just mumble, they just freestyle, 
bars, yeah, and Wayne, then their engineers piece it together and make records out of it. So, yeah, Wayne kind of kind of uh, takes like that too. You see a lot of clips of him on socials just going for it. The uh, swagger like ours first is kind of one of the more famous ones. Yeah, recording like he was that. like in a hotel room and that, that video clip. We well, got the video. Do, can we pull that up? No. Nah. <laughs> what, what do y'all think about that though? Because that's something that's like a high point of contention in hip hop. Because you know, hip hop is like so much on like being authentic and like really freestyling. But if you do your Googles, like even in the golden era, mid nineties, a lot of dudes were pulling up with like written joints. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you look at the Stretch and Bobito free um, documentary. I think you could even see dudes like straight up getting their thing on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at a certain point it just stopped mattering. And I think like around the time of like Rap City, the basement, it was like around then people started catching on because you would see guys come on and they would spit something. And then later you'd hear it on the album. And or their boy like, in the back would be doing the ad lib. Yeah. And it's like, how is this? But I think it was, I mean, I think after a while it just, it kind of stopped mattering because at one point, even around that same time, it was like guys were making their careers. Like, you know, guys like Cameron just going in and just, you know, going right off the top. And, and you knew that there were some guys who could do that and some guys who really couldn't. And you could tell because they would stumble around for a little bit of the, the eyes would be searching. 106 did the Freestyle Fridays and you just knew somebody would, you know, right off the top, but... Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you know, guys don't write their own stuff anymore. And it, it just, I guess it just stopped mattering. Yeah, there was a time for sure when it was like, if you got, like, if you got found out that your freestyle battle in particular was written. It was <clears throat> Like, you were, like, shamed. Yeah. So I remember in high school, I went, it was in Syracuse where I grew up. We went and did a, a joint at the Palace Theater. And I won that. Uh, and I remember I won it because I was there freestyling. And like, you could tell I was freestyling because I was bombing on the dude for what he was wearing at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, and the other guy, though he was dope, you could tell it was written. Yeah. Um, and so it was just such a higher level of respect for the freestyle thing. Now, you wouldn't dare walk into a battle the way the battle scene has progressed without having like written and memorized that thing. Yeah, and so it's, it's just rules kind of have shifted and, and changed. It's kind of shifted too, because now when you see, because battle rapping is actually it's a thing now. It's kind of like it's kind of like a yeah. like it's like street ball. And Shout now out Saga and all them dudes doing their thing, the Horsemen, all them dudes. Yeah, killing. and now it's it's more. It ain't really even about like the wittiness of like on the spot drawing lines. It's more so about the theatrics of yeah, like sure. delivery and stuff like that. So, you know, art forms change and that's just one of them. But going back to, cause you, you mentioned something earlier, you said something earlier about the so far gone thing. You were familiar with the song before that though, right? Of like course. the Monica joint. Yeah. I was just reminded of how dope that beat was. It was funny too, when that came out, because at the label, we were freaking like, yo, this is a moment. We got to like put an well, ad. I did mine. Yeah. You probably—I don't even know if you knew that—but we were like on the back end, like boosting that thing. Like, oh really? Oh, we gotta like get some reactions. We gotta, you what know, do you mean boosting it. Like, just really trying to figure out. Um, I think maybe that was around the time where Instagram ads and like putting money behind posts was was kind of becoming a thing. Like, people didn't always do that. And I think when you dropped that, it was in between. It was in between releases, maybe. Right after Neverland 2? Or no, right after Neverland and right before 
uncomfortable. So we was just like, yo, we got to get this going, retweeting, creating conversation around it, and just trying to do our part. Really? To kinda I didn't even know that. Keep it going. Yeah, man. That's it was crazy. That was kind of like, it was. it's funny too, because like looking back on it now, having done this for four years, that was like right at the time where music marketing was becoming very responsive. So it was like, and you were kind of, and that's the funny thing about you, is like you you really pushed us forward in that sense because you were always doing something random that we just couldn't, like we had to react to it, right? Like you come into work one day and you probably got your day planned out and then Andy's going viral on social media and now you got to figure this out. Like, and you, you, you were constantly doing that at that time. And it felt like, Ugh, this is so frustrating, but now it's kind of like the, it's the status quo. Like there's, that's just what it is. And people try to create that, but that that's funny looking back on that now. You know, what's crazy is I remember we were in Portland working on music at the time we were working on shame and some other stuff like mm -hmm. that when that was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and that like, there was a whole contest, I think hot 97 did or something. And my verse was one of the top three that like, they, yeah, they wanted to tweet that joint. Remember? Yeah, no, she was, yeah, and, yeah. and Monica was reposting them too. And yours, yours. And she made commented it. on mine. She was yeah, like, "You did it, your thing, boo." And the, and the like, funny, like, and the funny, another another angle or another dynamic to that was when you started popping. It was like wild people were coming out of the woodworks like yeah this is my boy Andy Minio like and it was like yo where you be at when we when we trying to promote an album or something so I think that's another uh like aspect of like going viral or like people wanting to attach themselves to a moment because we we found out you had a lot of supporters when that happened yeah like, well that's also I think why there's been some success for other guys like Toby Nwigwe and some of these guys like when you're just snapping, like on socials, it's different than dropping a bop, like a song. Yeah. I feel like social media is really good for people like executing their raw talent. Mm -hmm. Like there's that one girl, uh, I forgot Tear what her whack. name is. Nah, she got she like the headband on and she- um, Oh, with the bandana cut out joint. I forgot who it, what she was, but she just like rapping in front of the camera and just got like a million, million followers. Cause that stuff goes viral really quick. Yeah. I think even faster than songs. Songs are more like placement and vibe. Social media, like does that one kid who went, like, he's an older gentleman, beatboxing, wah, 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 right? Oh, it's like yeah, that with stuff the just, volume joint. Yeah, yeah, it just works really good for social. Um, so it's like my man Lil Nas X with the uh, uh, the the Red Dead joint, the freaking Old Town Road. The, with the, the video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and what's happening too is cats are getting deals off that now. Yep. Like labels will see these dudes pop off and then it becomes a situation of, oh, we got to get this cat a deal. Going back to some of the like mid-90s hip hop stuff, because I think there was, a there, there was something more I wanted to talk about with regards to the freestyles, because I feel like people shame that so much and my thing is being in the industry i'm like yo if you don't have that talent like you're wilding M maybe there's like some pride in there that you just want to go in there and freestyle just to freestyle yeah but i'm like it doesn't make sense you feel like people if people shame what did people shame somebody that's like like you remember what they did to drake when he was on his phone oh, yeah. like on the blackberry or whatever yep you know what i'm saying but 
I'm telling you, you listen to so many like classic freestyles from back in the day and they were clearly written, yo. Yeah. But people were just like, yo, like. Well, I, I think it was because um, back then, you it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't as pop as common knowledge. So one of the more famous, you know, hip hop moments, probably, you know, one of the earliest and my favorite ones is you got Big Smalls like out on the corner with the mic corded into the, the beatbox and he's just ripping from whatever and I think everybody these mythical moments kind of like became this overarching cause yo some people some really some people did that some, some people, people really, really did that. can freestyle though yeah like like juice and it's J-U-I's. and it's it's like uncanny you're like Yo, like how Will are you Smith. just coming off the head right now? Like Will Smith. People people don't know that, but he's one of those. And it was like, you kind of had to be able to do that to be a rapper. Like, that was your way of, there was no getting in right. if you couldn't do that. That's, man, I just, I don't know. Are you saying you hold on to that? Like, to this day, like, where you'd be like, yo, if you rap, nah, you gotta be a freestyle. Nah, I always nah, thought, I, it, you know, these hip-hop hardliners and, like, gatekeepers and, you know, I, I mean... I think it's a good segue into an even bigger conversation, which is something that really annoys me. And now, mind you, my favorite rapper of all time is like Nas. I love AZ. Like I was a grew up a Tribe Called Quest fan. Wait, wait, wait a second. I don't, I don't think many people you, you dropping these names and you're being very exclusive. <laughs> Who is AZ? And you know, I don't, oh. I don't know. I, I do know. your Google. Do your Google. Do your Googles, your Googles think, and kiss the ring. Come you on. know. Okay. Hey. All right. If we're gonna be like that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like, look these people up. Look up these names. Um, but I'm just trying to tell you. Like, I grew up. In the East Coast, Jersey. like very much like golden era hip hop fan. <laughs> yo, this man laughing when you said Jersey. Jersey, baby. Yo, whoa, 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 What's whoa, up whoa, with that? What? What? Yo, yo, I'm, I'm gonna put this City. kid on blast Garden on the City. internet. What up? what up? Get them Jersey goons after this kid. <laughs> <laughs> yo, real talk though, man. Like I am somebody like that's my favorite era of hip hop. But I really get annoyed, like, when people from that era want to try to, like, shame the new generation of rappers that are just on a different tip, that it's more about, like, feel and, and, and about being, like, on a wave or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, it's just a different... Way of expressing, I keep looking at Caleb because Caleb was like, yeah, dog, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like so whack to me, like people that want to be like gatekeepers and want to be like hip hop hardliners and don't want to respect the different expressions of hip hop because it's so multifaceted. And when you look at the beginning of hip hop, like everybody forgets, yo. Everybody wants to be like, nah, hip hop started and it was hardcore. Like, bro, hip hop started like over disco beats, bro. Yep. And like it was all about partying and having fun. Yeah. It wasn't until probably like the message that it was like, oh snap. And and you know what? They made fun of of uh I'm talking about like don't because uh, I'm close to the mm. edge. Like they were making fun of them for like, wow, so depressing, so dark, like y'all whack, y'all ain't real hip hop. Real hip hop is about getting the party started and having fun. I'm, I don't have that talent, but didn't, I'm gonna go on and spit something dope and entertain y'all. At the end of the day, is entertainment. Then Lil Yachty and these guys get like roasted, like on Hot 97. He came up there and it was like, "Yo, freestyle," and he couldn't do that. And it, you know, there, there was like there was like some of the some of those guys are are seeing what these younger cats are doing as. Um, as like a lesser form of hip hop as they knew it. 
Yeah. And I think I can understand that. Like if yeah. you knew hip hop to be one thing, yeah. um, then the technicality and the things behind what you describe as that, I can understand you're, you being like, nah, that's not it for me. Yeah. But I think what's happening is like the spirit of hip hop, which is like creativity, self-expression, you know what I'm saying? Your world and what you understand about it being expressed authentically. Yeah. Like I think that's still alive um, to a degree. Yeah. And there's that, there's that, the other piece I would add to that about what hip hop started being like a voice, the voice of the powerless or like the marginalized, right? Um, and, and that whole thing. And I think sometimes, I think that's what people get upset about sometimes too, is that that aspect is not covered, like it isn't at brought to the forefront as much anymore because some of the more popular acts. You mean like the technical stuff? Well, the technical technical ability? ability as well, but also like the bringing being a voice for you know hip hop being a voice for like what's going on in like underprivileged and underserved communities. Oh, so like having depth and yeah, having something and, and like a profound message. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think to the other side of that. So so far we've been talking about kind of like gatekeepers being all like hating on young people, but right. I think it happens the other way too, where people, people who don't are respect yeah it. people no, who true. are newer to hip hop don't respect. Like I remember, I think um, I was sitting with a kid who, who's an artist and he does very much contemporary, you know, the contemporary style or the new style, whatever you want to call it. And um, I'm working with him on his stuff. And I was like, yo, so, you know, talk to me about your musical influences. And he was like, man, you know, I just don't like them rappers who be all deep, man, who be rapping too much, this and that. He's like 20 years old. And I was thinking, okay, maybe he's talking about like Kendrick, you know. And I was like, so yo, who are you talking about? And he was like, Big Sean. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Or, Big or Sean's did, great though. And then you got yeah. these people who are, you know, you got kids who I think, and it, it was happening where people were like dissing Jay-Z and stuff like that, like saying that that was, that's boring or like kind of, and it's like, man, okay, I get if you didn't really catch that or if you, but to come in like you're, to come in and kind of have that energy, to me, that's a little I, you know, I I, I think but you can't expect twenty year old kids to have any form of respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but can you should? That depends on how you raised. It's not how my mama raised me. Yeah, so I'm yeah. saying. But I will say this: I said things at twenty years old that I feel like a moron about. You know, looking back fair. on, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that you brought it up because it's something I was going to say that there's a sweet spot where you respect. A different expression yeah. and a newer expression, while at the same time holding respect for past expressions and like history. Yeah. And there was something that I really loved, and it was when Migos were on uh, The Breakfast Club, and they were asking them, I think, if they knew about Wu-Tang or something like that, and they were like, of course, man, you got to know your history, this and that. And I thought that was really dope, because yeah. Migos being some uh, you know artists that are of a different expression that are um, influential now to say that like, yo, you got to do your history. I think that's true. I, yeah. think, I think the good thing about like a gatekeeper and a hardliner is the respect and encouragement yeah. of learning your history and then having respect. Because guess what, bro? Everything before you opened doors for you. Yeah. Everything before you like... Create uh, uh, opened up paths for it, you. Like think about how much people had to suffer. How how many people didn't get to see the fruits 
of the of of the genre. Yeah. And yet we're instrumental in even propping it up as an Laying industry. And, and now you just roll here and like you're able to benefit from all the work that everyone did before. You're like, yo, show some respect, man. Yeah. And, and even that, if you're not into it, that's fine. And that, that could be a little inaccessible for people as as noble as what you said. I think that can be inaccessible for some people. But I think another Wait, angle, inaccessible how? You like got the just, internet, dog. What you no, mean? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean internet. the thought and the feeling of, yo, these people laid the groundwork, whatever, whatever. I think sometimes kind of to what you were saying when you're younger, just that thought history, it you you kind of had to go through some things to appreciate history as you, you unless you were just raised some type of way you know what i'm saying because i think how you raised has a lot to do with it yeah, yeah but that's sure. why you need like the og like the older like for example now i'll consider myself like someone that can go up to someone like rg right and be like oh actually it happened on the tour where where someone was like yo i don't know about nas this and that that dude puts me to sleep like somebody said that. I ain't oh, gonna wow. say who. Wow. And that's a lot. I was like, and I was like, oh. That's a lot. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. No, because I gotta respect it because you it's understand, subjective. It's understand, and that's it's subjective. Under, it's understandable. But I was like, yo, let me, I'm gonna put together a playlist for you. You know, you might not like everything. Like, I don't like everything. Like, there's legends in the game that do not connect with me. Like that who? music doesn't connect with me. Like who? Ah. Like who? Nah, I talk got, about I, it. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> trying to ruin you first day. Because that's not what this is about. Okay, all right. That's not what this is about. But there's people that I don't connect with their music as much, and yet I still respect what they contributed to the game. And at the end of the day, there's so much subjective aspects to it that if somebody's like, yo, I don't like this. Yo, there's people out there that I don't like Jay. And I think Jay is like the greatest. There is, there is. There's people out there that don't like Jay. That's a fact of life. But check this out. It's an alternative fact. Putting together a playlist, and guess what? <laughs> he might fact. be like, yo, oh, yo, that record actually is dope. Yeah. You know, that might be the only one I like. But it's more like understanding, yo, let me show you why you got to respect Nas. Because yeah. let me give you some of the historical context. And now that dude can walk away and be like, yo, you know what? One song or two might connect with me, but I got mad respect for that dude. Yeah, well, what, what I was going to say about, you know, another way to look at it that might help people who don't have, who, who can't access, you know, older forms, versions of hip hop is it could, it's great source material, right? So, you know, I was, I was uh, hanging out with Ace and I kept saying something about, yo, such and such has to do a statement record, a statement record, a statement record. And it felt so, um, it was very ambiguous. And then I was like, okay, let me put on a song for you to kind of show you. What and you so, meant by that? Yeah, and we went all the way back to like rock him when he's like, when I be on the mic. And I'm like, in this song, you have this guy who's like, picture a room full of people. And this, what it, this is what a rapper essentially is. And I feel like you have to do this as a rapper at some point where you step into the room and you say, here's my name. Here's what I'm about. And here's, what, here's why you need to pay attention to me. Everybody who's kind of had some sticking power has sort of done that at one point in time. You got that with, um, you know, like I said, you got that with Rakim on When I Be On The Mic. You got that with guys like Jay, I'm from Marcy, you know, you know, cough up a lung where I'm from, Marcy, son, ain't nothing. You know, everybody uh, sort of sort of does that. It's that it's, you establish your calling card. And I think with younger, so sometimes when you talk about these things, like it helps to show that to younger artists and be like, yo, this is why 
this person has lasted and this is a trademark. You know, another one is you got to talk about where you're from. So let's look at let's go through and look at the greats and how they've told the rest of the world about where they're from. And you, you do that in your own way. But, you know, so that, that's another angle. What's up, everybody? It's Andy Minio and Delgis Mustafa. This is the Work in Progress podcast, and we're taking a moment to shout out our sponsor, Samaritan. It's actually uh, something I use in my house, and so I'd recommend it to anyone if it's the right fit for them. So what is it? It is 80,000-plus households and growing, a community of people who are taking care of each other's medical needs as those needs arise. And so instead of sending your money to, you know, the Blue Cross and Blue Shield or whatever else, you will send it actually directly to someone in need that is inside of the Samaritan community. Uh, The same way, you know, if you have a need, you will post it and people will contribute to make sure that your needs are taken care of. So for me as a hip hop artist, I'm not rolled into any big corporate healthcare plan. I actually have to find what's best for me and my wife, uh, you know, independently. And so and so we've tried the insurance route and it's just really expensive and not a lot of good coverage. And so with Samaritan, it ended up being this great solution for us to be able to look out for our family and make sure our needs are taken care of. If you want to learn more about it, go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Andy Minio, and you can find out more there. Again, it's not for everybody, but it might be right for you. Go check it out. Work in progress podcast. Well, I think in general, too, like, just as a human... I think it's smart for whatever arena you step into to just understand the history of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it's even like as an American citizen to understand. Oh, this man about to get deep. Nah, yeah. for real though. Like if you live in America, you should probably understand the arc of America. You know what I'm saying? To know where you live and the time you live in and why the past informs the present. Like all that stuff. I think it's like a social responsibility. Same way. I think it's like a responsibility if you're like you're in hip hop, you love hip hop, to do a little bit of the past, present, future work as well. Think about all those things, um, especially if you want to make it your profession, just mm-hmm. so you don't look like a clown. You know what I'm saying? If you get brought into the larger community of hip hop. Um, now, I'm not saying it's like a mandate. I think it's just wise. Yeah, uh, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then here's the other thing too. There's a really weird thing about music post-dated. But what I mean by that is like, when you're, when you heard a song for the first time, like we've had this happen, you said, yo, when I heard that song, it was the most amazing song ever for me. Mm-hmm. And he, we talked about this last night at Our Time, and shout out Our Time's Crazy Wings, they open late, ATL. Shh, they better cut that check. Salmon. Is that, that sponsorship Our coming Thomas, in? Send your yo. boy some wangs. What? So Send that email. Send the email, we need those. We need them catered. Manana, okay. But at that time, that song might have been everything for you. Then you listen to it 10, 15 years later, you're like, I don't understand what the big deal was. There's something about it being new, the hype around it, the stage of life that you were in. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I'll pull up a record and I'll play it for like a young cat and I'll be like, yo, look at this 93 record. And I'm like, (laughs) they will never have the experience 25 years later that I had then. No doubt. You know, and it's hard to 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 emotionally make somebody feel that time, that attachment. And so I get it. I think it's just going to keep happening. You know, every generation says about the generation after it, like they don't understand. This was really the yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's just always going to happen, I feel like. So we got to find some sort of sweet spot. In it's, there. It's, I want, but why, why do they call the 90s the golden era? Like it's, 
But I, I seriously want to know. Like, I don't know. Well, I think because this is the thing. Of, he's right. You had Everybody's of, always like, yo, our time. But there really of, are special times in music, though. You had a lot of significant things happen in the 90s, right? So 1997, you know, when people start talking about when did hip hop die, it was also kind of the same time it went mainstream. And I would argue that it was 97 with uh, Diddy and oh, the Notorious B.I.G. and like the- This guy's all, all about burning bridges today. The, the money raps. These goons will find you. <laughs> no, 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 Questlove. So, so no, no, this is the a quote. demise I, of, I of hip hop is attributed to Diddy. No, I don't. Tell you saying. No, 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 that's not my quote. If you read Questlove- Get this guy off yo, the podcast. I got this guy's back against the no, wall. Dude, so. No, 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 you're no, just talking no, loud. No, no, no. If you read, if you read, Quest, Quest Love actually said this. Quest Love is the one who cites this. Now you got yeah, Quest Love on your head. Bus. It's in his book. Now you're going to throw Quest Love in his book. It's in his book. Don't, I, don't I, get I it my twisted. Studies. Quest could throw. But the reason that people say that is because that's that was around the first time that like big money raps started happening. And so you got all the way up till then was when... Uh, just a lot of that's when all of the jazz samples were happening in hip hop. That's when there were there were just a lot of firsts and a lot of people's raw introductions into into and a lot of the people who started around then were the ones who lasted. You had Busta Rhymes coming out of uh, Native Tongues and that whole movement, Tribe Called Quest. I mean, you just had a lot happening in in the '90s for the first time. That's true. You and had I, a lot of innovation happening, yeah, and a plethora of people and individual sounds happening. Because I think we weren't globalized yet. Nah. Like, I remember there was a point in time when you would go to, like, Memphis, right? If I'm in New York City and we're wearing this outfit, and then you go to Memphis and they're like, they're on something totally different. Like, they on Feli down there, and New York was on, like, whatever Timberland, it was. Timberland, Tommy Hill figure. Tommy Hill, North Face. And, you it, like, everything was regional. So there was regional mm. sounds. There was regional apparel. Now, if Kanye West wears something... 30 seconds later, you see it on Instagram. It's, Some it's kid in Ohio up. is wearing the exact same thing. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or something happening in Japan immediately becomes a trend here in the States instantly. There's yeah. no room for like miniature mm -hmm. culture yeah. the way that there was. So I think that attributed to a lot of the flavors, a lot of the sounds like, yo, up there, they're doing that. Mm -hmm. In California, they had their whole own sound, which was incredible. Yeah. So there's a lot of innovation happening. Um, technology was also happening. Mm -hmm. You know, now though, if you listen to hip hop, you're like, the last 10 years have sounded like the South. Yeah. That's it. 20. Maybe. The last, maybe, yeah. maybe 20. Yeah. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. That's kind of stopped with. And that's, so you have a problem with the South? I don't. I love the South. Oh, and I use a lot of that sure. influence in my music. But it's also because I'm around the culture. We're yeah. in Atlanta. Nah, 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 I'm, I'm here. I'm with you, bro. But I think, that, I think that says something too about. Um, the responsibility of people who've kind of come before, um, as much as the responsibility is to go back and understand the history, I think one of the ways that we can kind of like break the divide is for people to just stay plugged in. Cause you don't, you don't have to be, just because you were from a previous generation, you don't necessarily have to be isolated as so long as you can good. stay in and stay connected. Cause there, and there are people who do that. Like you think about folks like Pharrell, this man, <sighs> Finds a way to stay. I mean, you. It's a, it's it content a Pharrell. Talking about the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, Everybody kissed the ring. He he just finds a way yeah. to be a part of like whatever is happening. And I think 
it reflects a little bit about who he is as a person, you know? And I think that, I think we can all learn something from that to, you know, like J. Cole on his middle child record, a lot of people had, you know, some not so positive things to say about that record. But I think that was a very special moment in hip hop because he was acknowledged, he, 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 he really took a step of humility unlike anything that we've seen in a long time to say, yo, one, for the first time somebody says there can be two greats at once, so I can do my thing and you can do yours. Then the other thing that he goes on to say is, yo, I'm going to talk about, you know, um, Kodak Black, who is probably on a different, he's on a different spectrum for me in hip hop, but I, I see him, I understand him, and I understand some things that are going on around him. So, you know, although I probably never do a song with him or we're different, I, yo, respect to that, you know? So I, th I think we can learn from yeah, that. Yeah, I think I man. Uh huh? Huh? Kodak got some joints. It's a blessing. Oh, yeah. He's no. crazy. <laughs> he goes. So, he also says something on that record I really like. He said, um, I'm the I'm the OG and the young one all at once. He like, said, I'm little bro and big bro all at once. I'm little bro and big bro all at once. Why? Because he's a guy. Yo, he's what we're talking about right now. He's a guy that did his Googles, knows his history, and has respect for what's happening now. Yeah, but he was almost, but though, and I love to hear y'all's take on this because he had another moment with 1985 on um, the KOD record where he calls out, you know, I don't know if 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 he really if Pump or Peep thought felt like it was him and they started beefing. And it was on, people were starting to react like, oh, Cole's washed. Look at him. He's that guy that's like saying this or that about the young guys. So he, he was, it, it, there was a minute. Was he though? What, saying this or that about the yeah, young guys? Yeah, was he, was he saying that the current generation is corny? Well, no, I think he was saying, I think he was calling out something specific about the current generation. Cause he was like, yo, get your money. Don't be a trend jacker. Don't be like super, super caught up in the current because you're not going to have longevity and you know, 20 years later, you're going to be on Love and Hip Hop. And in the moment, people took that, people got really in their bag about that and were like, yo, he's washed. Why would he do that? There's no coming back. But well, there's another thing. If you criticize anything outside of your thing, people are like, they immediately hate you. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, but, you're washed. And it, but, he, but you know why. I mean, criticism only arises defensiveness and resentment. And that's like, what a lot of people- not a way to go about anything. I think a lot I of mean, people- but Un to, your, to the question you asked, why is he little bro and big bro all at once was because he did that and then he followed up with, no, 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 let's sit down and talk about this and I want to get you to understand. Yeah, the record he's got with 21 Savage is hard. Where I'm really coming from. And well, he's big bro to the this younger generation, but he's little bro to Jay-Z and Nas and these guys that he grew up listening to and love. And also what's happening is hip hop is aging. Which so is like beautiful, which is beautiful. Yeah. Like for the first time, we're seeing fathers. Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing grandfathers. We're seeing like, and and this is crazy. Thing, and we we've seen fathers, right? But they weren't actually like being fathers publicly, or like in it. Or we we've had husbands. I think I remember the first time I realized that Ti was married. I was like, wait, what? Because that's not matching up with. Yep. And well, so it, many of these guys hide the fact that they're married. Take off their wedding rings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to make sure their sex appeal, the different things that are selling them records are still working. Because it wasn't accepted in hip hop for so long. So, I mean, yeah, with the aging of hip hop, you're getting a whole a bunch of new things. You don't get 444 without Jay-Z being an older man who's learned things and like 
I, I honestly think that wisdom and all that stuff needs to happen the way it's happening. He shouldn't be trying to keep up with Kodak Black. No. You know what I'm saying? He should be doing his thing. And I think what's really beautiful now is like the space is opening up where there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now that you have 40, 50, 60-year-old hip-hop fans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As, as much as you have 13, 12-year-old hip-hop fans yeah. and the spectrum just widening, I think if people can figure out how to respect each of those spaces that's all it. the way around, that's going to be great. Because here's the crazy thing. I heard Lil Uzi say this. He was like, he's like, oh, y'all are old. Once you're 25, you're old. He said something crazy like that. You remember this? Yeah. Lil Uzi said, I think if you turn 30, you're- He said, well, yeah, once you. you get there, you're washed. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like- I'm like, yo, the crazy part is, bro, is 30's gonna creep up on you like this, and you're gonna feel, you're gonna wish that you never shot yourself in the foot. You know what I'm saying? When you get there to be like, I, I, I declared myself washed. <laughs> and the crazy part is, is it's coming for everybody. Oh, yeah. Age is coming if you're coming, lucky. If yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> but that, and that's the, but that kind of going back, I mean? kind of going back to where we started the conversation about like what hip hop was and why people get so tight about it. I think what you just said though is something that's very native to hip hop, which is originally, and I think it still is a way for information to be passed down and a way for culture to be passed down. Cause even the very act of a freestyle, we call it a cipher which even that word has a history, which means people literally standing in a circle sharing wisdom. That's, that's literally what that word cipher means. And, you know, where the trend, where the, what the culture of hip hop started as. So in that sense, it is nice to see that kind of come full circle because it's, it's kind of returning back to what it is in this holistic way where guys like Jay can say, hey, make sure you own your masters. Or guys like, you know, Cole can say, like, tour, that's where the money is. You know what I mean? On wax and things like that. I think ultimately what we're talking about is the immense value in knowing your history. Because not only does it give you context, okay, and just knowledge, analytical information, but I think it's really valuable in studying history and stealing and pulling. I mean, uh, I always say this, the best creatives are just great curators. Yeah. It's people that are pulling from a whole bunch of different sources and um, mixing them in such a way that people are fooled into thinking that they're original. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? When really it's just they they pulled from so many different places and stewed it up in a way mm-hmm. that it's like a fresh expression. So I think, like, people don't know that the Juice World record that really popped off for him was like Nas used that like in 96. And then that was a Sting record from like the not, uh, early 90s or late 80s. I don't even remember. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, there's just a value and this is the problem. The problem is that people want to force feed people history and respect. And that's, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier and when I said like, that history from work. that perspective can be inaccessible. Because instantly, like, younger people or people who are new to the culture kind of thumb their nose up at it because it brings on defensiveness. But I think if we could present it in such a way, you know, of like, yo, there's some inspiration. Like, Meek Mill had the um, big record. Yeah, the What's uh, Beef joint. And it was, it's What's Beef, and people didn't even know, but, you know, or um, I think Lecrae with Nothing being the I Got Five on it, you know, mm-hmm. thing. Or, or Andy, yo, Andy, you know, this is crazy. Um 
when I was an intern, I was like, you you played um you played uh uh the uh ghost from Uncomfortable, but like this was probably like a year before it came out, and you had that line. Um, a thug changes and love changes and best friends become strangers. And I was, I, I was, I lost it. I don't even know if you remember this. It was like me, you, Ben, and I think like Katie or something like that in the, in the, in the studio. And when I heard that line, I lost it. And I expected the rest of the room to be with me on that. And it was like, oh, cause that was like the Nas, you know, that not, and I, and that was such a line that hey, was so, come on. That was that so, was a Nas reference. like, uh, ah. A Nas reference that a lot of people missed. Yeah. And probably won't catch until they do their genius. But the beautiful thing about, yeah. the beautiful thing about what you did there was like you, you went back and you, you grabbed vulnerability in a way that you didn't need to create the, recreate the real. And you put it in a context that, that now somebody else who don't even know Nas could hear you say that. And now they attach that same feeling that I had when Nas first said it to you now. And I think with artists knowing that power, that those power to reach back and, and get these things. It's just you know? mad beneficial, like across the board. And I think if, if it was expressed like that, to your point, if it was expressed like that, then it's like, yo, I experienced this in my marriage, son. Like if my, if my wife comes at me the wrong way, <laughs> and this is a sign of my brokenness. If she comes at me the wrong way, I double don't want to do it. Yeah. Cause, cause, and, and even you, if she's you mean right. criticism, like and, criticism. No, no, no. If, she, if, if, like, if like she's asking for something and I'm like, oh, you're right. But if she came at me the wrong way, I'm like, but now I really don't want to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what happens with these young artists that is like, yo, you should know your history and this and that. It's like, yo, you right. But I really don't want to look into it now because you because just, of the way you're approaching me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that's the thing that I'm against. So, so to to be clear, <laughs> I'm against people trying to shove it down the throat, and then I'm against people that have zero respect for it. And they're like, "Yo, man, all that stuff is old. Y'all washed." Is like. I don't agree with that. And then like, yo, you young kids, yo, you need to know this. You need to do all that. Yeah, like. You ain't people real. People that want to make it like you ain't hip hop. Yeah, people that want to make it a commandment and like stuff like that. I think that's super corny. I think it's somewhere in the middle where you have like you you study because it's wild beneficial on many levels for you. You know, and then also like it's art, man. Like you push for different expressions, and then you respect that. And so at the end of the day, the word we're talking about is respect. At the end of the day, is what we're talking about. But honey. Something else I want to ask you guys, because we touched on the freestyle thing, and I believe, yo, man, if you're not good at freestyling, don't freestyle, bro. No. Or work on it. But until then, if you want to come through with a written, spit a written, bro, like, just show us your skills, yeah. whether off the head or through the pen, just show us your skills. At the end of the day, is entertainment, man. Y'all need to chill. But I respect both. Yeah. Like I got a couple stories. I respect you, freestyling people that freestyle at the top of the dome. I got two a things lot. to say. One, on that freestyle tip... I remember this happened, and I hope these guys don't get mad at me bringing this up, but if Whoa, they do, we'll just add names? it in. Oh, yeah, I'm dropping names. Why? Ooh. Don't say names. So I went to do- it's not necessary. I went to go do a cypher. Yo, every time he does that, I brace myself. He's like, yo, somebody might, you know, I don't It ain't live TV. We can edit it if it's, if it's crazy. So I remember I ran up to Hot 97 with my man Money Nels, who was helping promote me at the time. 
and Partisan Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Y'all know Party? Yeah. Really He's dope. popping right now. He's killing it. Really dope. We, we had all just done like South by Southwest sleeping in like an Airbnb, right? Oh, that was after that? Yup. And we went to uh, we went to do this Hot 97 thing. And um, he was like, yo, they're going to do this back room freestyle type thing. Um, just be ready to go. So I show up. I go in there. I rap. I do my thing. And Party's like, yo, I don't really got nothing written for this. Like, that's not really my BPM. You know, I'm more... He just was like, I'm not really ready to go in there and kick a cypher like that. And so I remember Nell's just being like, yo, bro, like, you got to be ready for this opportunity for you. And he's like, but it's not my thing. Mm. Not that he couldn't. He was just like... Yeah, yeah. Because he's nice. Because lo and behold, a couple years later, he just had a number one record at Urban. Joint went platinum. Backing it up, and then he wrote on all those uh, Cardi Cardi, Cardi B, B records. records. So it just goes to show again that he's like, listen, I don't gotta be the cipher guy yeah, for man. me to win. I'm leaning into what my things things are. And shout out Party, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, stop shaming people for that, yo. And two, Corny. here's here's another reason why I think it's important that people do do your googles and and understand music in a broader scale because. If you're only listening and pulling inspiration from the same pot that you're trying to put back into, the only thing you can do is be late. So let me give you an example. If all you listen to is Migos. No, I'm serious. That's a bar. Think about this. If all you do is listen to Migos and Migos production and so on and so on, and you want to make music, all you're going to be doing is trying to make the same thing that they've already made. So by the time you contribute something, people get a chance to hear it, it's old. What the geniuses that I have always loved in music, like the Pharrells, the Kanye West, these guys, they always pull their inspiration from outside of hip hop. And when they find something dope, they bring it back into hip hop. And that's why it's something refreshing and innovative. Yeah. You look at Pharrell and you're like, yo, my man's style is crazy because he's not looking at American fashion. He's in Japan. Yeah. Then when he brings it back here, we're like, yo. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, Kanye. You listen to all these records from Kanye, and it's like, yo, diamonds are forever. Like, you you, got, you brought Sierra Leone. You went way over here outside of hip-hop, mm-hmm. found the beauty in something else, and then brought it back in. And isn't that- But when that, people try to pull straight from hip-hop yeah. and put it right back in, bro, the pool is too small. You get sniffed out, and then you're going, I don't want no diet version of something well, else. Guys, it, it, hip, hip-hop by definition- Is that. That's what it's, that. it's like. It's a, it's a turntable. But to your point of why it's yeah, beneficial. Yeah, that's yeah. what like, I'm saying. Broaden like, your horizons. Yeah. Hip-hop by Listen definition. Listen to a playlist. Like, when he was brought, bringing up in the 90s how, how much they were pulling from jazz. Yeah. And then in the West Coast, how they were pulling from funk. funk. Like, what are we talking about over had, here? Um, like, it's a direct result yeah. of- which Curation and broadening your, your scope, Which and is, a lot of these people only heard those records because their parents were playing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and was their we did it. We did, and, and that's the interesting thing too, because that was a early criticism of hip hop, where you had disco. They were they were really at odds with hip hop because they were saying we weren't creating anything original because uh-huh. we didn't have anything. Y'all just talking over our beats because they yeah, were yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, that's literally what they say. You, where's the talent? You're, yeah. you're talking over my masterpiece because and people stopped showing up to disco clubs in the seventies and and it started to kind of slide down. Michael Jackson killed disco with you know his music and things like that. Uh, the turntable was not meant to be an instrument. It was supposed to be a way that music was. You know, played and then. But you that's got, innovation. Uh, yeah. And yeah. the thing about this is, I, I found this out. Um, there's one song that probably most '90s hip hop was made from. You know the song? Nautilus. Impeach the, the president. 
drum loop? Well, may, well, Nautilus is is the one. I, it's a it's a it's a it's a jazz record. Go back and listen to it. And it's so crazy how producers took so many different points and pieces of this one song that you know. And that, so that's the heritage of hip hop: taking yeah. from outside, bringing it in, yep. and you it. can't do that without respecting and knowing history. history, musical history. Well, we're speaking specifically. I mean, we're speaking specifically about like newer rappers um, having respect and a desire to learn hip hop history. But I would even encourage them to just learn music history. Period. Yeah, like punk. And classic rock and jazz and like all these different things are just gonna make you a better artist. And it gives you such you an know what ad- I mean? it gives it. you such an advantage and it really doesn't have to go that far. Like I think some of the things so Travis Scott, his dad was actually in a band and and really, you know, lived that life. But some of the things that show up in his art and in his music, it's re- you really don't have to be terribly discerning to like get those things, but just the simple act of him bringing things in that are from, it's given him a, a, a pretty significant leg up. Even with Kanye, if you have just a surface level relationship with soul music, you'll be, you'll be able to very quickly identify some of the samples and where he's pulling things from. It gives you such a leg up. That's hip hop though, man. If you think about early hip hop was like heavily leaning on disco. Then it was heavily leaning on rock. Like the Beastie Boys, early Def Jam era. Then it was heavily leaning on jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, then it was heavily leaning on soul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like now it's just obviously like a, cl- of, a cluster of electronic. Kanye did a lot of electronic stuff and yep. it's just a cluster of so much stuff. Um, but I think that's just like wildly valuable, man. And I think respect, like we said, is the thing we're talking about. One last thing I want to get your opinion on that's also like in high contention is people writing their own raps. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that are like, yo, if you don't write your own raps, like you're a fraud. I and I, I want to know how y'all stand on that. Do people still, is that still a thing? Do people still say that? Yeah, there's of a lot course. of people still saying Because I know I had my moment with that. It was at a Reach Records executive meeting. Shout out to Lecrae, because he 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 totally like snatched the moment for me. Like he just broke it to me real, you know. Okay. Break it down. Well, it was when the whole Drake thing came out. And um I I was pretty upset because, you know, my favorite my favorite rapper is is Jay-Z and I just love that whole I back in high school I used to write raps and things like that so I know what that process is like and I and I appreciate it so much um that when it came out I was like oh Drake's a, I was on that I was like Drake's a fake obviously I hadn't been working in music very long um and he was just like oh yeah well huh, welcome to the music and he just started listing yeah. off just and I was like Oh yeah, Lecrae will ruin your uh, oh yeah he, whatever he is like the, fantasy he is the, he loves the, to shatter your castle your oh, yeah. castle oh yeah Lecrae oh, but he's he's I'm great right, right he's great he's like, in that ha, way. Ha, you thought that guy was- <laughs> oh yeah he's, he's, he's great it's, it's great because it helps you grow but um I think when I I um I didn't I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it meant to a and R record I didn't know that I thought everybody was like writing their raps um. And, and so you always thought that like Diddy and Dre wrote their raps or you knew they didn't, but you were like, oh, it's okay. They're like, no, no, no. I rappers. always, I always thought, cause to, again, it was a respect thing. 
Cause you I, always thought they wrote everything. Diddy and Dre. Everybody, yeah. But then, but there was one moment though. There was one moment where Diddy was like, "Don't worry if I write rhymes, I, I write, write checks. checks." That just, I, I love that line. I knew it as a yeah. as a a ten year old, but it it kind of missed me. But then I think being more behind the scenes and being part of the music industry, I really did um, kind of grow. Did you just do that on Photoshop? I'm sorry. That's incredible. That's beautiful. That is like, so... wrap it up. My no, no, no. My but that man was just great. created a five minutes late, uh, five <laughs> minutes left graph. That's dope, though. Um, I love it. Yeah. But not, I, I'll be quick. Um, but once I kind of saw what it takes to A&R a song and how intricate that process is, once I found out what a songwriter is and what it what a reference track is and all of that i was like yo that's a talent all in itself to be able to curate that and you still got to deliver it because quentin miller delivering uh you know some of these records for drake it's not gonna go over the same cardi b is a talent the way that she delivers on the mic that that's a talent and you got to respect it is, that it is it is and you know but jay writes all his raps He's not a biter. He's a writer for himself and others. Thank you very much. Yeah. So this is the thing, bro. Um, I think uh, creating a community is fantastic. And really, the only thing that could stop you from doing that is ego at the end of the day, man. And anything that's like an ego thing, like just knock it off. Like it's nonsense. You know what I mean? I think us getting together, which I believe, I mean, I've been told, I believe that's how Kanye creates a lot of his records you know, and like you can hear when Pusha first came into the good music camp, <laughs> you can hear those Kanye bars that are like Pusha, Pusha's bars. Like, let's just call it for what it is. But this is my thing. Kanye's quarterbacking, my brother. Yeah. And don't <laughs> front. And He's don't front about it. Just don't here. front. That's the only thing. Just don't front like that's what you do if it's not. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, yeah, that was it's my... known. It's known that Cube was writing for Easy E. Yeah. So this is like, let's take it way back. This has been happening, bruh. Mm -hmm. Look, you got writers, you got performers, and then you got blends of writers, performers, man. And you got to respect each one. And I think um, I think that's another thing that's like kind of like immature, egocentric, and like foolish. Yeah. When people want to try to like demonize and shame people for not writing their raps. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's I, like, bro. And, and it's especially, been happening. Let me talk on the, on the Drake situation specifically, bro. Like, yo. Sometimes you hit a certain level where, bro, you're not out here like pen and padding it. No. Like you're like on another level where like your time is consumed by so much stuff because now you're like a brand type numbers. Yep. Um, that it's fine, bro. But you know how competitive the music business is, bro? Yeah. For you to be like, nah, yo, I'm the well. And when I run dry with ideas, the the shit, you know, the, this train is coming on full stop because, you know, ego wise, I can't take it. Like, come on, man, that's a joke. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, a lot of don't people know. out there. You know what I mean? People don't know how much time goes into being an artist. You're doing interviews, you're doing shows, you're flying a, a, around the world. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's okay man. to have other people help contribute. Mm -hmm. But what I think you need to do is you need to separate artists. Yeah. Like you need to separate writers, you need to separate lyricists and then have their own categories. You know, some of the people that we consider the greatest artists of all time never wrote their lyrics. Yeah. But they were able to dance their butt off. They looked they incredible. They sounded great. Their delivery. You know what I'm saying? Freaking great. And, and so and the music the industry is comprised of all those different pieces working together, usually funneled around a single artist or collective. And, um, you know, the only thing I don't like about the Drake situation, and shout out him, I think he's one of like the greatest ever. 
was nah. Just kind of it was the fact that he lied about it on the on the record. Yeah, is where he said, "I don't need nobody. I write everything myself." On the same album that that was happening, and that's where it's like you've cornered yourself in a way that you wanted people to have this appearance while you were lying. Yeah, and that's where I was that's like, "That's what people that's, maybe that's what people was upset about." about. And, the, and the beautiful thing now that people are understanding it, more people get shine. So writers, right. Producers, yeah, it people, it's it's opening up that to people. our benefit, to everyone's benefit. More people get opportunities. We'll close with this, man. There's um, obviously the 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 '90s were an era where technical ability was the commercial, like that was like the commercial draw in the '90s. Yeah. Like that was a big part. Like if you look back at the Buster Rhymes videos from the '90s that were big hits, like you were like. Wow, you know, it was like really like they're really rapping, like flavoring your ear, one, two, yeah. three, four, like or four, three, two, one, check me out. Damn, playing myself out here. Can I kick it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that was what that, I think that's what people feel nostalgic about and like want to come back. But fortunately, there's artists like Kendrick, there's artists like Cole. Yo, there's artists like Andy that they do wavy stuff, you know, fun records, pop records. Records that are all about feel, and then they do stuff that's like really lyrical, like this so far gone joint mm -hmm. that he did. And this is what's cool. Obviously, people still dig stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, Logic just did this whole thing right now on Instagram where he was just doing like these really technical, like boom bappy stuff, and like people were interacting with it well. And then obviously Kendrick is like wild, like technical. Um, I just think it's super dope that there are people now that have respect for the past, respect for the present, hope for the future, and then can blend. Their art is a result of that. Yeah. And yep. so you'll have technical, like this dude has a record with Fonte. What are we talking about? No, that's real. You know what I'm saying? And like for those that know, that's special. And Again, he, it was and, another one of those moments. Where yeah, and even when if the tracks came in, I lost it. But Fonte, you know, man, kiss the ring. Some kiss the were ring. like, some were Shout like. I was like, yo, he's got a record with Fonte. And some were like, who that? You know? Well, this is the thing. So Far Gone uh, um, Challenge is out now. We had to put a different beat to it because obviously we weren't going to get that clearance. And <laughs> we you ain't already. there yet. Ace, I mean, you got to make it happen, my brother. But until then, we, you know, we put a different beat over it. Um, and it's out now. You can listen to it. Enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Enjoy technical rapping ability. It's and, still and, alive. And, and, and enjoy wavy feel type music. We can, all, we can appreciate it all. You know, if we can name this episode, it's called Respect. Respect. We out on that. You're...